Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by the Blue Stones. Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. The last time I saw you was Taysom Madison in 2018. Wow. Unfortunately, your set got cut short due to the lightning. That yeah. was a real summer. Yes, I remember that actually vividly. I think we got through, what, maybe three songs? Yeah. Maybe four, but it was like kind of holding on and we were wondering whether or not we were going to get called off. But then the one, the lightning struck and we we're like, okay, that's, yeah. that's when they're going to call it. So we had one. a fantastic dinner. I will tell you that right now. Oh yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. We ate at uh, tor- Torpedo Room, I think it's called. Tornado. Or Tornado Room. Yeah. Tornado Room. That's it. Yeah. We were dancing in the rain, having a good time. I'm and glad then, you enjoyed yeah. it for what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Something I noticed in those three songs is that for two people, you guys make a lot of noise. That's what we get a lot, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely a common, a common theme. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing Tark has a volume knob on his amplifier. So is it easier for you guys to work just the two of you? Have you been in bands before where you can kind of compare what it's like to only have to bounce ideas off of one person versus three or four? I mean, this, this is my first band. So I haven't had an, anything to relate to, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess it kind of locked out with it just being us two. I can imagine it probably gets pretty complicated with when you start to add members, um, especially founding members. So I can't really speak to that all that much. Yeah. I mean, same here. I, I've only really like played with other, you know, I've really only like written with anyone else in like high school. So I wouldn't even really count that. It was just a natural reaction for you guys to work together. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we'd been very close friends for a long time prior to, you know, playing together. So, you know, when we eventually started writing together, it was it was a really seamless transition and there was no awkwardness, no like trying to get to know each other or anything like that or like preferences. It was pretty it was pretty easy. And then for that reason when we did try to jam with other people, it was kind of difficult because they just didn't really fit in the way that we did with each other. So, does it kind of become like a sibling relationship? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's pretty good comparison. Yeah, I think especially when it's just us two, it's it's more like brotherly. I think when you get a group, it's more of like, you know, like friends. But yeah, I think it's it's a bit more intimate in this in this setup. Yeah, for sure. Splitting everything, you know, that's a good way. I've never really thought about it that way, but Mm -hmm. a good way to put it. In my show prep, I googled the band name. Found a lot of information about sapphires. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> there was also a suggestion that said, "What is the purpose of the blue stones?" Pretty heavy well, question. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've never. I'm. I'm. It's hilarious that people are. Uh, oh, you know what this is? Stonehenge for sure. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stonehenge. A hundred percent. Yeah. Did you yeah. Did you read some stuff on that on Stonehenge? No, I, I oh just, my god. It, it comes weird. up all the time for us. We, we have like a Google alert set up so that anytime there's like press about keyword, the blue stones, we get it like an email about it. And a lot of the times it's about Stonehenge. And so there's specific stones in Stonehenge that are like different than all the rest. They're from a different place. And so everyone is like, what is the purpose of those? Like, why did they get those stones? And so that's probably what that is. We get alerts for that all the time. It's really annoying. When in previous interviews, you guys have said that there is no special reason why you named yourselves the Blue Stones. But if you were to say that it was from Stonehenge, that would be pretty cool. One of our managers brought that up once, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. 
because he went to Stonehenge and he was like, yeah, this is, this is yeah, what inspired me. And stuff. he was very moved by it. Yeah. His profile picture on Slack, he made it Stonehenge. <laughs> Way back in 2020, before a pandemic shut down the world, you guys were preparing to release a new album. Do you think there will be a noticeable difference in that album pre-pandemic versus Pretty Monsters coming out post-pandemic or close to post-pandemic, I guess, other than just a natural progression for a band? Yeah, I mean, some of we'll talk some of the lyrical content, but, yeah. but the, interest, the interesting part about it is actually even though like for us we released in the like the middle of a like a pretty severe lockdown you know up in canada we just had longer lockdowns than than a lot of other places when we recorded the album it was completely pre-pandemic so all of the content and uh, even like a, all of the tracking and everything was done pre-pandemic and then this one was you know kind of coming out of it so even though it'll kind of be released like post it was actually made like in the pandemic, if that makes sense. And on that pre-pandemic album, you had a song called Grim. That album was kind of foreboding, I guess. <laughs> like okay. it developed a darker meaning kind of during the pandemic. And then, you know, how you guys said that it was also about finding joy in those dark feelings. It's, I think it's so interesting how you guys did that and then everybody else did but their trigger was a pandemic. Did you guys have some sort of trigger for that album? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a few things, you know, going on in, in our personal lives that I think led to the content on, on Hidden Gems. And that was encouraged by a producer at the time, who was Paul Meany. He kind of really encouraged me to, as a songwriter to think about, you know, what are you saying in these songs? It's It's one thing to have a song that sounds good. It's another thing entirely to have a song that is meaningful to somebody. So it really kind of made me shine a light more on, on lyrical content. So I kind of had to dig deep on a few of those. Um, and again, on pretty monster as well. It's just sort of like a, I guess when we're talking natural progression for both Justin and I, I feel like we've kind of progressed into being much better songwriters over the course of the pandemic. And I think that's really, you know, prevalent on this upcoming album too. Yeah. Uh, as far as content, I mean, it was kind of a, what's the term, a tumultuous time for Hidden Gems. And it was pre-pandemic. And I guess it gets a little bit foreboding with some of the music, some of the tones. And then I think on this upcoming one, you're going to have a sample of what it was like to write, you know, within being locked down and restricted and having a lot of time to yourself and to your own thoughts. One of the descriptions for Pretty Monster is an album dedicated to controlled chaos. So is it through songwriting that you controlled your chaos? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely something that is kind of like an outlet. It's more of sort of like a, a tip of the hat to what we're like as far as musicians and artists. I feel like we, you know, especially live, we, we tend to have this huge beast of a show, which like you said, you know, it's a lot of sound for just two guys. But we do like to control it in ways where we we have dynamics that are very clear and people can see that, you know, we just as, as often as we go loud, we can go quiet. So it is kind of a controlled beast in a way. But then it's also became just sort of a testament to sort of how I feel like sometimes where on the outside, everything might look OK. And on the inside, it might be a completely different story. So it's all about controlling the chaos of our lives. I'm talking about that live show again. You guys are about to embark on a Canadian tour. Mm -hmm. Do you have plans to tour the States in the new year? 
for sure. Nothing like hard right now, but you know, we're definitely, definitely gonna make our way through the States and Europe as well. It's funny because it's kind of like two accelerated cycles. You know, we just really finished hidden gems. And then like, as I mean, it was really like, as we were finishing, I think it was two weeks after we finished all of our markets for hidden gems, we released the next single and we jumped right into, you know, promoting this, this new album, pretty monster. So, you know, we did the U S in the summer and that was great. And that was off of just really one song. So we're looking forward to like bringing this whole new show to the States. Yeah. Sometime next year. I'm not sure exactly when, but you guys will definitely know. Does it ever feel like there's additional pressure to perform because it's just the two of you? Like you both have to be a hundred percent spot on all the time. Yes. <laughs> the short Absolutely. answer. Absolutely. For sure. Definitely. It's yeah. just everything. You're just under more of a microscope. And I mean, I've had, I've had a lot of people say like, wow, when you're performing on stage, you're really like moving around a lot for a drummer. And I'm like, it'd be pretty boring if I didn't. I'm right up front, you know, like I, you got to get into it. And it's kind of like, you know, Tarek has his hands full as the classic front man. Like he's, he's up there playing guitar and singing, you know, he's got to compete with everyone else on that level. And so I'm the only other guy to like hype things up. So I'm kind of like a little bit of easy, a little bit of John Bonham and just trying to do my thing. If you want the audience to be involved and you want them up and moving, we kind of respond to whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's I found that too, you know? Yeah, because Tarek's kind of stuck where he is at the mic stand doing what he does. So yeah, I try to play the hype man as much as I can. New album, Pretty Monster, comes out tomorrow. We're very excited about this. So far, we've gotten to hear your new song, What's It Take to Be Happy? And it's really resonating with people here. We have a feature where our listeners can rate songs as they play and we get response in real time. And it's getting a 4.19 out of a possible five. Oh, so awesome. Let's get that 0.01 up and get that one to 420, baby. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) So where's the inspiration for what's it take to be happy? Oh, that's like, I remember I was told one time, like, you know, why don't you write any happy songs? I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I realized we don't really have any songs in a major key. So it was kind of an experiment to like write a song in a major key. But then I found that it would be even cooler to have a song with contrasting lyrics because it's not quite a happy song. I mean, it definitely is about letting go and feeling free, whether, you know, feeling letting go of shame or letting go of any kind of self-esteem or self-conscious issues that you might have. But it's really just kind of an unhinged person laughing down the street, you know, as they realize they don't really care about anything anymore. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely about that search for what, what it is to be happy. You know, it's like endless and both Justin and I have experienced it. And it's like, what is success? What is happiness? When do you reach it? Is there like a, a mailman that comes to your house? Like, Hey, you hit it. You know, you can stop. Like it just doesn't exist. Right. So you kind of have to do this endless chase for what that is. And the song is about that. Do you have other songs on the album that you are excited to see people really resonate to? Yeah, there's, there's yeah. Several, several. I think it's probably the best album we've put together. I, mean, I got to be honest. It, you know, I think there's a lot of strong songs on there. There's a lot of meaningful songs on there. There's definitely songs I'm excited for people to hear. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. And it was, it was one of those where it was tough for us to um, try and work out singles and which ones we wanted to release and which ones we wanted to push to radio and stuff. So yeah, there's, I think there's plenty to choose from. 
During the pandemic, did you guys have time to like settle down a little bit? Or was it still more of like a, hey, we have an opportunity to, to work every day? Or did you take time for yourselves? We took time for sure. We really, we really needed it. We realized that we were probably going a little too hard and the break was really like we really respected the break that we was kind of forced upon us. Like I remember it wasn't until like October or November of 2020 that I was like, okay, I'm ready to like play a show again. And it was like before that, I was totally happy to be at home and relaxing and like spending time with family and friends as much as we could. So yeah, no, it was, we, we definitely took some time to relax, but obviously it was a very long <laughs> break. So we also found some time to work as well. You've said before, when you're on the road, you can't wait to get into the studio. And when you're in the studio, you can't wait to get on the road. And we all kind of got a taste of what it's like to not be able to do either. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Big time. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Okay. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Miranda. Appreciate it. We're going to check out What's It Take to Be Happy by the Blue Stones right now on The Resistance. <laughs> 